Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. More information about First Baptist Church can be found at www.fbcalamo.com. God wrote, I love you. He wrote it in the sky and on the earth and under the sea. He wrote his message everywhere because God created everything in this world to reflect him like a mirror. To show us what he is like to help us know him. To make our hearts sing. The way a kitten chases her tail, the way red poppies grow wild, the the way a dolphin swims. And God put it into words, too, and wrote it in a book called the Bible. Now, some people think the Bible is a book of rules, telling you what you should and shouldn't do. And the Bible certainly does have some rules in it. They show you how life works best. But the Bible isn't mainly about you and what you should be doing. It's about God and what he has done. Other people think that the Bible is a book of heroes, showing you people you should copy. And the Bible does have some heroes in it, but most of the people in the Bible aren't heroes at all. They make some big mistakes, sometimes on purpose. They get afraid and run away. At times, they are downright mean. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. It takes the whole Bible to tell this story, and at the center of the story, there's a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He's like the missing piece in a puzzle, the the piece that makes all the other pieces fit together. And suddenly you can see a beautiful picture. And this is no ordinary baby. This is the child upon whom everything would depend. These words serve as the introduction to the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones. A kid's Bible. And yet they proclaim a deep truth to us about who Christ Jesus is. And what the purpose of the Bible is. What the purpose of us gathering together week in and week out as believers is. To worship this child. To worship this Savior who came. A child born to die for your sins and for my sins. But in order to to fully grasp the weight of this story, let's take a brief journey to Bethlehem in, in the first century. Now imagine for a moment that you're a Jew living in Bethlehem. Your nation, Judea, has been occupied by the brutal Roman Empire for set for 60 years. Now, in history class, you might have learned about the Pax Romana, this Roman peace that existed during the 1,500-year reign of the Roman Empire. And it's true, there was a great deal of peace, and, and the reason there was so much peace is because the Roman government ruled with an iron fist, brutally crushing any opposition. Now, as a Jew, you know that God's promised that a Messiah would come to save his people. 
But there hasn't been a word from the prophets for the last 400 years. So you can imagine that the Jews living in Bethlehem were a bit discouraged. Even the town itself, Bethlehem, is known as the city of David. Now imagine you live in a place where the only thing your little town is known for is for someone, however great he may have been, who lived a thousand years earlier. And that's what everybody knows your town for, the the city of David. And yet, in this all-but-forgotten town, in an occupied country, to a marginalized people, came this baby who had turned the world upside down. The child on whom the lives of everyone from kings to carpenters would be measured. We measure our lives in years A.D. Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord. And so this is your story. And this is my story. But this is, of course, ultimately his story. And the Gospel of Luke We are given this story. Luke writes, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. And this was the first registration that took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone uh, around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is Messiah the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. And we have several different levels of, of things that are going on here. And, and, and on, on a purely human level, the story starts, of course, with Mary and Joseph. And the angel coming and proclaiming to Mary, you're going to have a, a baby. And, and Mary saying, question. 
I know how this works, and, and, and I've never been with a man, so, so how's this going to work? And, and the angel basically says, don't, don't worry. God's got it all taken care of. Joseph, as you can imagine, was a bit taken aback when his fiance winds up pregnant. So the Bible tells us that he had planned to divorce her quietly because he was an honorable man and he didn't want to put her to shame. And then, of course, the angel comes to him and, and says, Joseph, don't, don't be afraid to take Mary as your bride. Because what's in her is conceived of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, you've been selected as the, the earthly father of Messiah. Now, we know through, through Luke chapter 1 that there's a lot of joy that, that accompanied that, but given the uh, Jewish first century customs, you can imagine that there was quite a bit of hardship and sacrifice that came along with Mary and Joseph in this gloriously difficult task that they were called to. And add to that the fact that they lived in Nazareth, and of course the Old Testament prophesied that Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And through the act of a wicked king who didn't know he was serving God's purposes, issuing a census, Joseph and Mary had to make the difficult journey to Bethlehem. See, for Mary and Joseph, this first Christmas meant hardship and it meant sacrifice. And none more so, of course, than what we learn later on in the story, that this baby was born to die for you and for me. Then later in this story this morning, we're told about the shepherds who were out in the fields and were uh, just kind of your average run-of-the-mill guys. Nothing, ever spe- nothing, nothing special ever happened to a shepherd. They, they didn't expect anything exciting to happen out on the hillside with their flock. And suddenly heaven bursts open. And they become the first ones to hear the declaration about this new baby, this Messiah. So we're told that they left. They said, we have to, we have to go, we have to see what has happened. So we're told they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And for the shepherds, The Christmas story meant unspeakable joy as they saw this child, as they marveled at this child, and then as they left telling everyone that they heard what they had seen. We're told in verse 18 that all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Now, for the baby himself, for, for Christ Jesus, th- this first Christmas marked the beginning of his life on earth that would change the world, that would turn the world upside down. As I've already mentioned, we, we measure our very lives based on his own life. For you and for me, then, This first Christmas should point us not just to the manger, but to the cross. Where this baby would pay for your sins. Would pay for my sins. 
so that we could be saved and we could have our broken relationship with God Almighty restored. And so this morning, as we reflect on that first Christmas, now more than 2,000 years ago, let us remember the, the hardship and the sacrifice that Joseph and Mary faced. Let us reflect on Christ's birth, yes, but, but also on his life and his death and his resurrection for us. That as we look at this baby in the manger and we consider what he would do for us, ultimately giving his life on the cross, paying the penalty that we deserved, and then being raised from the dead so that we could celebrate new birth with him. Let us rejoice, just like the shepherds did, in what God has done for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for the joy that comes at Christmas. We thank you for the symbolism that we see this time of year, not just in the in the gifts that we give and the gifts that we receive and in the carols that we sing, but even in the little things like, like the candy canes. Amid all the craziness that accompanies this time of year, help us not lose sight of the simplest of truths, that Christmas represents the great love that you have for us. That in Christ Jesus, you were doing something brand new that the world had never seen before. And demonstrating through hands and feet your great love for us. May we respond just like the shepherds did with joy. We thank you so much for Christ Jesus, for his leaving heaven to come to earth as a baby, to walk dusty streets, and to suffer a cruel death in our place so that we could be restored to you. And we ask all these things in his mighty, precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. We are located at 1100 Michigan Avenue in Alamogordo, New Mexico. We meet on Sundays for small groups at 9 a.m. and worship at 1030. If you have more questions, please email office at fbcalamo.com or call 575-437-5510. Thank you for listening and may God bless you this week.